The Reds' starting rotation has been pretty rough this season, but a built-in failsafe may turn this team into the playoff contender that we seek. We'll explain on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all platforms. We are your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. We want to thank those of you who listen every day. If you are an everydayer, please let us know down in the comment sections on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter. Let us know you're listening. Let us know what you like. And by all means, talk baseball with us because we love talking baseball with you. On today's podcast, we are going to take a look at the starting pitching and discuss whether or not it's time for the Reds to consider adding a starter by trade, going out and signing Finding a guy, we're going to dig into all that. We're also going to look at some interesting news out of Louisville that saw Christian Encarnacion Strand make his first professional appearance at a new position. We'll tell you all about that. And we are going to take a look at the upcoming weekend series down in Houston against the Astros. Before we get into all of that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and they'll throw in a custom free Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler for the YouTubers. Right here it is. It's super nice. You're going to definitely want one of these. Uh, just go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB when you place your order all right jeff let's dig into the starting pitching because we've been talking about that we were going to talk about it and then things just kind of kept happening uh, stuff was going on we never really did get to it either in any of the episodes this week or with the special live bonus show that dropped into yeah. the feed yesterday we really didn't get to talk about this uh we touched on it a bit but we really didn't dig into it here's the deal with the reds now only one game yes you heard me one game back of the division lead in the National League Central with Pittsburgh losing last night. Uh, it's time to seriously consider the possibility that the Cincinnati Reds can win this division. And, of course, that means we need to take a hard look at the rotation that's currently missing Nick Lodolo, that's currently missing Graham Ashcraft, that's currently starting Luke Weaver every five days, that's currently starting Ben Lively every five days. So really what I'm saying is outside of Hunter Green right now, there's a lot of question marks. So should the Cincinnati Reds go get somebody? So this is the funny part because – Whenever you talk about GMs and years past and things that they say at the trade deadline, what's the first thing that we hate them saying? Well, you know, so-and-so's coming off the injured list. That's going to be basically like getting a guy. You have to wait till we're healthy to yeah, see what we got. You have to wait till we're healthy. I think someone in this organization said that not too long ago. But guess what? I think I'm actually going to take that side now because Nick Lodolo is going to return First or second, maybe second week of August there, right about the time that you would be getting a uh, really good starting pitcher in a trade anyway, because the Reds would wait till the deadline to make a move even anywhere close to that. Plus, well before that, hopefully here within the next week, we will see the return of Graham Ashcraft. And I do mean the return 
of Graham Ashcraft. We haven't had Graham Ashcraft for a while now. It's been like six starts, seven starts that he has not been himself. So even before he went on the injured list, it was like he wasn't even here. There's this huge thing. And we said this before the season. We There was a lot of people that looked at the Reds and they said, if they go anywhere, it is because of Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft. And for the better part of the season, we have not had Nick Lodolo at all. And for the better part of the season, we have had bad Graham Ashcraft. So you get those two guys back. That is the built-in failsafe that this team has and the ability to become a playoff team simply by getting guys healthy. So Nick Lodolo hasn't pitched since May 6th. So you're absolutely right in the point that you're making here. I will say this. Should Nick Lodolo return around the first or second week of August? And I still think that's probably the best case scenario, Jeff. I Mm -hmm. think it could be more likely. It won't be till September. But let's just say for the hypothesis of this that he does come back then that would be like trading for an ace that would be like going out and getting an ace and in this scenario giving up nothing to get him so i i'm okay with your logic there the graham ashcraft thing is a little bit more concerning to me because i i'm not sure exactly what's wrong with graham ashcraft and i don't know that graham ashcraft knows exactly what's wrong with graham ashcraft so i'm really hopeful that during this time away they put him on the 15 day injured list i'm really hoping that that's allowed him to unplug a little bit figure out what's going on whether there's a physical issue whether there's some kind of psychological issue uh, you know i said this on our live bonus episode Jeff I don't think it's a coincidence that he suddenly stopped being Graham Ashcraft and suddenly stopped being lights out right at the same time that his grandmother died and I think that you know grief affects everybody differently uh those aspects of of that the mental uh the mental strain that that can cause I think uh I don't think Just it's the a process it. yeah yeah sure I agree. so I I really hope that if if he's got something if he's struggling that he takes the Jake Fraley approach, which is to identify it, go get some help for it, and and embrace the help. Uh, I really hope that that's what hap- is happening because uh, Graham Ashcraft is in a, a unique position to, if he comes back from this time on the injured list, the Graham Ashcraft that we had to start the season, he's going to suddenly find himself as a solid number two guy in this rotation. And I think that's going to go a long way in helping getting him a Hunter Green type extension. It's going to go a long way in helping the Reds to be a serious contender for the National League Central. And if if that guy's in this rotation with the return of Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, and Hunter Green, a three-game playoff series, the Reds can win that hands down. Yeah. That they they're, they're, That's not going to be a stretch to think that they could win a playoff series. So I, I'm, I'm really hoping that that's how Graham Ashcraft returns, as the guy he was to start the season. I absolutely agree. And, and when you're talking about this starting rotation, I, I kind of marked the last start of Nick Lodolo as kind of a point where the Reds – went into a little bit of survival mode because we said that if one of these three guys go down, the entire dynamic of the team change. We said that in the spring training. Now, obviously the lineup and the bullpen have done their darndest to keep this thing going. And they're the reason that the reds are in the position that they are, because let's look at what the starting pitching has done, which isn't much 
Reds are 16th in Major League Baseball. Now, this was actually kind of surprising to me. I thought they'd be a lot lower, but they're 16th in Major League Baseball in innings pitched by their starters since Nick Lodolo hit the IL. They have just a smidge. I think it's 181 and two-thirds innings pitched total for starting pitchers since May 6th. The Reds are second to last. Now, this does make sense to me. Uh, the Reds are second to last in starter ERA. Only the Rockies are worse. And they're 23rd in Major League Baseball in XFIP, which is the ERA predictor that I like to look at. You know, if a guy's got a bad ERA, but the XFIP is much lower, then you say, okay, he's getting unlucky. Things are going to change soon. Their XFIP is a little bit lower than their team ERA, but it's not like a ton lower for starters. So, Hopefully that gets a little bit better. But the one thing that they've done pretty well is still strike guys out. They have a 22% strikeout rate, which is 13th in Major League Baseball. But that's to say all of this is that the starting pitching from the time that Nick Lodolo went on the injured list and everything sort of went into survival mode and you saw Ben Lively come up, you saw Luke Weaver really just settle into a every fifth day role. You saw him call up Brandon Williamson. And then even just the two starts from Andrew Abbott, all of this is to say that the starting pitching, as bad as it has been, the Reds are still one game out of the NL Central. If this gets better, even just by a little bit, like they don't have to be a top, top group, top starting rotation in Major League Baseball for this team to be an NL Central contender. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. You know, one of the things we talked about, Jeff, Jokio. is that this was, uh, you did, this is going to be the season where we started to figure out who they were, yeah. but didn't necessarily count on them to do anything. I think what we both grossly underestimated is just how bad the rest <laughs> of the National League Central was going to be. So they do find themselves in a position where they can navigate and, and survive some of these setbacks, the setback of losing Ashcraft, the setback of mm -hmm. losing Lodolo. And, and still remain relevant so that you're right. When they do get everybody back, things can really take off. Uh, we've talked a lot about how the bullpen has had to cover uh, innings and had to cover the starters. And just looking at the breakdown of the starters since the, the time you identified going back to May 6th, uh, they've been fairly consistent in their inability to go deep in games, basically. Uh, six starts, Ben Lively, 36 and two-thirds innings. In seven starts, Luke Weaver, 36 innings. Uh, in six starts, Brandon Williamson, 31 and two-thirds innings. And then even Hunter Green in his six starts has only given him 33 and two-thirds innings. So they're not eating tons of innings. That The bullpen is consistently being asked to cover five innings, four innings, each time, right? Uh, the each, each game. So... I think one of the big things that could help this team navigate the rest of the way that could really go a long way in ensuring that the bullpen is protected, ensuring that they remain in contention. Uh, you know, it's not a stretch to say by Monday, they're going to be leading this division and, and we'll get into that a little bit coming up in uh, a little bit later in the show. But uh, if these starters could, if each one of these starters could figure out a way to manage their pitches so that they could pitch one more inning per start than they have been, that would go a long way in protecting this bullpen and helping them to be able to survive into July, August, September, and still have something left in the tank for what we hope is October baseball. Right. And, and you're talking about some guys that with the amount of time that they've gotten out of this rotation could be valuable bullpen pieces as long relief type players, especially if you do find yourself in a postseason series there. Um, and, and I really like how this has shaped out because as annoying 
as it's been to see some starts where they only go four innings. They've still won. And there's going to be a point in this season where they get these guys back and where things just start working. And I feel like this Reds team may turn into the playoff team that we believe they can be because of the built-in failsafe of the returns impending of Graham Ashcraft and Nick Lodolo. And that means don't trade anybody. Don't package prospects and go get a pitcher because built-in help is coming. Exactly. You know, speaking of built-in help, there was something that was very interesting because Christian Encarnacion Strand did something on Thursday night that could transform the Reds lineup into an absolute monster. We'll tell you why. Coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Bird Dogs. They are the single most comfortable shorts I have ever put on and I encourage you to go check them out. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB today. Plus you will get a Yeti style tumbler for free with your purchase at that URL. Bird dogs are amazing. They are made with this fabric that is so thin and comfortable, but the shorts look nice. You look like you could go to a golf course in them, maybe go out on a date with them, but you're going to feel like you are wearing your most comfortable pair of basketball shorts that you have. I am a guy that does not dress very fancily, but bird dogs upped my game. Check them out today. Birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and get a free Yeti style tumbler with your purchase. Trust me, get yourself some bird dogs. You're not going to want to take them off. The Reds start a three-game series with the Houston Astros tonight, and first pitch is scheduled for 8.10 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And thanks, of always, making our Locked On Reds podcast your first listen every day. Every dayers on the next podcast, we will put a bow on this Astro series as we get back to you on Monday and look forward to welcoming our Red Legs home to take on the Colorado Rockies, who, Steve, they suck on the road. So we're pretty happy about that and looking forward to seeing what that series can be. But let's look forward a little bit as well because there's a fellow. This down in Louisville in Christian Encarnacion Strand, who everyone, and, and literally everyone, I don't know anyone outside of Nick Crawl that doesn't think he should be in Cincinnati this moment. And maybe Nick Crawl thinks that, and there's just a reason as to why it's not the case. I trust him. I know he knows what's up. But Christian Encarnacion Strand played right field last night? Oh my goodness. Should I be less excited about this? Yeah. I, I listen, this is a big deal for the first time in his professional career. Uh, he played in the outfield last night. Uh, I, I went back and looked throughout all of his time in the minor leagues. He has not done that. He's been at third base or at first base or at designated hitter. So this, this is a big deal. I, I said on the, the live uh, bonus show, Jeff, that one of the key things for the Reds with all of this talent, all of these young players, is that everybody is going to need to be able to play multiple positions in order to get all of these guys in the lineup consistently so that while you may have 10 or 11 guys you're trying to cycle through, they can all get pretty much full time.
time plate appearances if they can play multiple positions. What CES lacked was a position outside of the infield, a designated hitter. It makes perfect sense to, to teach him to play a corner outfield. Right field makes the most sense in order to keep his bat in the lineup more often. I think this is a great move by the organization to really start to uh, get things lined up to start adding players to the roster and adding CES to the roster. Went and looked it up, Jeff, and I don't know if everybody is really just uh, cognizant of what exactly it is that CES has done since uh, he's been in the Reds minor league system. Let's look at his numbers. Let's go back to last season, 2022 for Chattanooga, Jeff. He had a slash line of 309, 351, 522 at double A. Perfectly reasonable to pull him up and say, okay, let's see what he does at triple a. Let's see if he's ready yeah. in 44 games at triple a this year at Louisville, three fifty-seven, four twenty-six, seven nineteen, with an OPS <laughs> of 1.145. He is beyond ready. He needs to be in Cincinnati right now. Those so, are video game numbers. I, they are. So I have absolutely no <laughs> idea what Nick Crawl is waiting on, but the time is now. Look, if you want to give him, like, let's say a week, let's say a week to play outfield, and it'll be interesting to see if he continues to be in the outfield every day moving forward. Yeah. Uh, that would definitely signal a, a directive from above in the organization. If he plays the next five to seven games in the outfield, doesn't really have any problems, doesn't look like he's befuddled out there, I think it's time to bring him up. It, it's it, Offensively, his numbers at the plate say it's well beyond time to bring him up. If he shows that he can play a reasonable outfield, it's time to bring him up, get him on the roster, start rotating him in, no matter what goes on with the other players, whether Will Myers is activated or not, whether Joey Votto is activated or not. It is time to put Christian Encarnacion Strand on the active roster. I love this because here, here's the thing. We, we, we look at CES, we look at Spencer Steer, we look at Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McClain, all these guys. And we say, well, you've got your infield there, so we need to move Jonathan India to left field. But this is actually the Reds saying, well, we can move these guys around too to make sure that Jonathan India stays right where he's comfortable and continues to lead the team from second base. I love this because now you open up the door. Like Spencer Steer has really acquitted himself well defensively at first base. I, I think he's starting to come around. If you look at some stat metrics, I'm sure people are looking that up right now where they, they had it armed in their holster ready to go and saying, Jeff, Spencer Steer's not statistically good at first bases because his first little bit there, he, it took some time to adjust but he has adjusted very nicely and i know what i see with my eyes and he looks good at first base so if you can get christian encarnacion strand to play a little corner outfield spencer steer's going to play a little corner outfield you've got these guys that now yes they can play corners on the infield or the outfield which open up oh, opens up all sorts of opportunity for other players to move around you don't have to play jonathan india at second base every single day you can move him to dh you can put joey Votto at first you know all this other stuff and then moving forward you leave the door open for tyler stevenson to play some first base as well which i know that they tried and they they've just abandoned that but i think that's still in his future so i love the versatility of this to say nothing of what the lineup is going to look like with this. I saw some folks that were surmising about this, Steve, the lineup. If you bring up Christian Encarnacion strand, Joey Votto could be batting like seventh, seven, eight. Yeah. It and it's be. not even going to be that much of a stretch. 
No, it's not. You know what, Jeff? We talked about this a little bit on the, the bonus show, and we talked about this a little bit during show prep. And one of the things that I said was that for th- for this team to be able to consistently get everybody in, all of the position players need to play two different positions plus be able to slot in some at designated hitter. So when you're talking about Jonathan India, he can play second base, he can play third base. When you're talking about Ellie, he can play third base, he can play shortstop. Matt McClain can play shortstop, second base, and dare I say it, could be a right-handed platoon option for center field from time to time if you really – I mean, he played center field at UCLA. He knows yeah. how to play out there already. So that's a viable option. And he's a stud. Uh, so, yeah. CES could play first base, right field, designated hitter. Joey Votto, first base, designated hitter. Uh, everyone can move around and do these things. Joey Votto as the seven or eight hitter. It is mind-boggling. If, if oh. you had told me at the beginning of the season we were going to be here in June talking about Joey Votto hitting seventh or eighth for a team that potentially is leading the division, I would have told you you were absolutely crazy. Uh, but yet, here we are. And by the way, speaking of Joseph Daniel Votto, last night at Louisville, two for two, two uh, a home run, a double, two walks. For those that were like, I need to see it. I need to see the stats and the production at AAA. What do you say now? Dude's ready. We're ready to bring him up. I, I, this, yeah, it's time. Like, I mean, and he's and you know, maybe make sure that he's ready to go, but it seems like the production's there. Everybody's saying they see it with their eyes. He's going to be ready by the time that his rehab stint is up. So you're going to be able to add him to a lineup. And it just boggles my mind that in the year of our Lord, 2023, I am absolutely okay with him batting seventh. Like I have no qualms with that whatsoever. No, me either. I think in this particular lineup, there's, it doesn't necessitate continuing to run him out there as the, you know, third hitter, fourth hitter, uh, I think he's a good fit coming up, coming back from injury down there at seven or eight to, to really kind of get his groove back, so to speak. And I mean, can you really, they're, they're in a position, Jeff, where there's two lineups being built where you have like a one through four. That's pretty awesome. And then you kind of flip it over again and are doing five through nine, which is another group of, of players that can score some runs for you. It's, it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility to, to see great production with this team through July and beyond one through nine. So a healthy, a healthy lineup, one through nine, TJ Friedel, Matt McClain, Jonathan India, Ellie De La Cruz, Spencer Steer, um, let's go Tyler Stevenson at six, Joey Votto at seven, Jake Fraley at eight and Nick Senzel at nine. Like if you're an opposing pitcher, the easiest out you're looking at, there's Nick Senzel. And he hasn't been that easy this year. Like whew, I'm getting fired up. That's good. Yeah, this team can score some runs, Jeff. It's going to be an exciting time to be out at the ballpark. If, if we see that lineup on the field, I love it. And, and it's all because. If CES can play some right field, this roster can get real good because it's going to open up a whole new dimension. Well, listen, Jeff, the Reds are seen as an obvious underdog by most people coming up uh, in this weekend series down in Houston against the Astros. FanDuel has them as an underdog. Uh, Most of the talking heads nationally have them as an underdog, but... They could surprise the defending world champs down in Houston. We will tell you how coming up next. 
Today's episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel. Make your way to FanDuel right now because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $2,500. That's right. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, The Reds are currently plus 168 on the money line against the Astros tonight with Andrew Abbott on the mound against some guy named France. And as you know, the French always surrender. So the odds are good that the Reds are going to win this one. There's no better place to bet on all of your baseball action. And that is on America's number one sports book, FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet of up to $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. The Reds head down to Houston tonight. First pitch is 8, 10 p.m. Taking on the defending World Series champion Houston Astros. You can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. You can also follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Also, join in the community on Discord. There is a link at the bottom down there in the description to get you over to our Discord server. You can also get more more Reds insight uh, with a direct line to Jeff. Just text I'm in to 513-597-0944 to join Jeff on subtext and talk a little baseball. All right, Jeff, let's preview this series coming up because I've seen the numbers. The Reds are listed as an underdog. You've seen it. The talking heads are saying they're an underdog. But this Houston team is kind of reeling from a few injuries right now. Uh, Their starting rotation is not what it once was, and the Reds are actually catching a good portion of that rotation to be going up against. And the Reds have Abbott and Green going in this series. I think all of that translates to uh, they could maybe win this series. They could go down to Houston and steal one they the 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 talking points of this is just fueling this team i can feel it because yes everyone thinks that obviously the astros are going to take this series not us not you not me because we see it there's two very key injuries to the astros lineup and the pitching matchups look pretty even to me and to you as we look at the probable starters for this series and the Reds bullpen, I think matches up pretty nicely with the Astros. I think, and you know what? I'm going to say Reds going to take two out of three because there's no Jordan Alvarez. There's no Jordan Alvarez to scare the crap out of everybody in the lineup. There's no Michael Brantley, who is a very consistent veteran presence for this team. They do have Jose Altuve back, but I believe that the Reds will get just enough pitching and plenty of hitting, and they're going to come out of Houston two out of three. What say you? Uh, you're probably right. Let's let's take this matchup by matchup. So Andrew Abbott's opening this thing up tonight. He's going up against J.P. France. Now, France has some decent numbers. If you look at his stats overall, he's not been bad this season. But if you just take his last starts, he's allowed six home runs in his last five starts uh, for 29 innings worth of work. So he is a little vulnerable to a long ball. And as we've seen over the last few days, the Reds have started to hit the long ball a little bit and yeah. you know minute made park if that's still what it's called is that what it's called down in houston i don't know the names change too much but so. houston's ballpark uh, you know to left field it's easy to punch one out 
So uh, this is a great situation for we guys. Got like a lot Matt. of righties. Yeah. LA Daily Cruz. We got a lot of righties that can blast the ball. So you know, I, I I think this matchup favors the Reds a little bit. I think Andrew Abbott has been pitching pretty lights out. Still has not allowed a run. Uh, I think the Reds take Game One. I think so too, and I love the pitching matchup there. I love the pitching matchup on Saturday of Hunter Green and Brandon Belak. Belak and France both have something in common. I feel like Dusty has seen something with these guys, and, and they're dealing with injuries in their starting rotation as well, like Luis Garcia, uh, Jose Urquidy, uh, are out. I, I don't know if Luis Garcia is coming back this year. I know that Arquiti is going to come back at some point. And Lance McCullers uh, just had Tommy John surgery, so he ain't coming back this year or, or anytime soon, uh, maybe even into next year. So their starting pitching is looking for answers. And even on Sunday, they're starting a guy that's been a relief pitcher up until the last couple of outings for the Astros. So when, when I look at this, I see the, the, um, the theme of Dusty Baker pulling them, you know, sometime after five innings. Maybe we see them pitch a little bit into the sixth, but we're going to get into that Astros bullpen with this Reds lineup. And then I think that this team can really start to make some hay because the Astros bullpen has been okay. It's not been the kind of, you know, World Series winning bullpen that we saw last October. And, and I really feel like, I mean, you look at Brandon Belak too. Like we mentioned the six home runs allowed in the last five starts for JP France. Belak's not allowing as many home runs, but he's allowing a lot of extra bases in his last five starts because opposing hitters have a 522 slugging percentage in his last 29 innings. Like, I'm seeing extra bases, man, and and it's, I'm having a hard time not seeing two wins out of the first two games. Do I need to be calmed down? Do I need? To, I might need. maybe maybe a little, but then we get to the third game in the series, and I would tell you, well, Luke Weaver is going for the Reds, and you're like, oh, well, that's going to be the one. No, not so fast. The Astros are starting Ronel Blanco against Luke Weaver. Blanco, as you mentioned, uh, is a relief pitcher that had to be moved into the rotation because of all those injuries. He's only making his third start. His first two starts, he went like five and two thirds and then six innings. So he, he is stretched out. But in those two, he's not a high strikeout guy. In those two games, he struck out 10, but he walked seven in the same amount of time. So he gives the free passes. We know walks will haunt. Uh, so when you, when you look at this, Jeff, I mean, we're talking two of three, but it's not the, all three of these games are winnable. I'm not going to predict a sweep because, you know, it's hard to do on the road. Uh, and coming off of a sweep, you know, they're due to drop one somewhere. But all three of these games are winnable. You, you look at this, and I don't exactly understand why the Reds are considered such underdogs by people no. like FanDuel. Because looking at this, the way that we're looking at it, this is winnable. When I think we are also attacking this from a perspective that, you know, most people from the outside looking in that don't have the knowledge of the Reds that we do are thinking Astros, Reds, this seems pretty obvious. And in a vacuum, you could probably convince me that the Astros deserve to take two out of three at home, especially at home. But let's look at momentum here. The Reds are coming in on a five-game win streak. They just had an off day. They're feeling nice and rested. And the Astros are coming off getting beaten extras by the Nationals. And really, if you uh, check out our Lockdown Nationals host, Ryan Clary, uh, probably should have lost two straight to the Nationals because there was a bogus call that gave the Astros the game on uh, Wednesday night. So we're talking about an Astros side that really, up until this point in the season, yes, they they have a winning record. Yes, they're still second 
in the AL West and only a couple of games behind the Rangers, but they haven't played to the, to the level that we see them in October. And who knows, there might be a chance that at some point in this season, they start to hit their stride. They start to look like that October baseball team. Again, I'm not seeing it right now. They've got Jose Altuve. They've got Alex Bregman. Jeremy Pena really hasn't had the kind of season that his playoffs and his world series performance would otherwise tell you that he should be having. And, and so with all of that being said, I think the Reds are catching their Astros at a very good time right now. And I say that the Reds are going to win two out of three in this series. And on that optimistic note, that is where we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for the day. But before we get out of here, don't forget, you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. That'll wrap up this edition of Locked On Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is on the next podcast. We're going to put a bow on how the Astros series and, and, and look forward to welcoming our red legs home. Hopefully, we will be talking about that two out of three because, boy, that's going to be good. The, the Pirates are playing the Brewers this weekend, so whoever loses that series, we win. That's going to look nice. And if the Reds take two out of three from Houston, they're going to be sitting in second place at the very least. Who knows? Maybe even first. So uh, mathematically, I don't know if that works out, but we'll see. Uh, But coming up Monday, we will tell you all about it. Because why, Steve? Because we're going to keep monitoring these games. We're going to monitor the transactions. We're going to make sure CES is playing in the outfield somewhere. And we're going to report back right here to keep you locked on Reds every single day. I'm keeping my broom handy. I'm jacked to the tits.